0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently.
1: Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Calna Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the
2: show, Toyota's EV plans include batteries with 900 miles of range. GM picks Indiana for its newest battery plant and Tesla dials back hiring. Plus, the Inflation Reduction Act's Advanced Manufacturing Production Tax Credit is a game changer for battery makers. But the pushback is growing in Congress.
3: Despite these battery plants being built or these investments being made here in the U.S., they're still concerned about reliance on China.
2: Let's run through all the news
1: you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. 900 miles or more. That's how far Toyota thinks its future EVs with solid-state batteries will travel on a single charge. The automaker also envisions software operating systems that update automatically, futuristic factories where cars drive themselves through final assembly, and ultra-slick aerodynamics developed through rocket science. Top executives revealed parts of its wide-ranging strategy for the first time this month at Toyota's Technical Center in the foothills of Mount Fuji under the theme Let's Change the Future of Cars. The world's largest automaker is under pressure to show it has a winning game plan for the disruptive new age of electric vehicles. The all-day executive briefing was an effort to drive home Toyota's point that, contrary to being left behind, It has both the technology and the production system needed to deliver industry-leading EVs starting in 2026. General Motors is choosing Northern
2: Indiana for its fourth battery plant. It will be GM's first battery plant with joint venture partner Samsung SDI. In a news release, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb said the companies are planning to start construction east of New Carlisle, Indiana within the next year. They expect production to begin in 2026. GM proposed spending $3.5 billion on the battery plant project.
1: Tesla is tapping the brakes on its aggressive job advertising. That's according to an analysis by Reuters. The small drop in ads on its website demonstrates the electric car makers' efforts to control costs as it cuts prices, while balancing a need to grow its workforce as it races to meet lofty growth targets. Daily changes to Tesla's U.S. career website show the number of job ads has dropped by about 4% since May 15, when CEO Elon Musk told executives to send him a list of hiring requests on a weekly basis and cautioned them to think carefully before submitting those requests. The last time Tesla's job ads dropped by that magnitude was in November. Musk warned in January that he expected a, quote, pretty difficult recession and the CEO of
2: Shift Group will step down. That's Shift, S-H-Y-F-T, formerly known as Spartan Motors. Daryl Adams led the commercial vehicle manufacturer through a business overhaul that ballooned its value. Adams will step down as president and CEO and resign from the board of directors once his successor is named. He will remain with the company in an advisory capacity for the following six months to aid the transition. Shift's chief marketing and communications director Kerry Wright says the decision is the result of a quote, careful and thoughtful leadership transition process. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Toyota was one of those brands that seemed like it was late when it comes to the EV transition, and now they're aiming to make batteries with 900 miles of range. Is there something they know
1: that we don't? (laughs) Well, they know that they want to do solid state batteries, and that will give them a lot more density the ability to pack a lot more energy into a lot smaller space. Look, this is really a statement, right? It's just about saying, yeah, we were late, but we are going to come back and we're going to be really good. We're going to have really great technology. Now, how well they can execute that, can it come together as quickly as they think? I would imagine that we're not going to see a lot of vehicles with 900 miles of range. Most people just don't need that much, but it is a statement for them to try to, make a splash, get some attention, and show that they're really serious about leading, not just showing up for the EV competition. What a way to steal a headline.
2: Uh, Coming up, automotive news reporter Audra LaForce joins the show to talk about why U.S. battery makers love the Inflation Reduction Act's Advanced Manufacturing Production Tax Credit, and why some lawmakers in Washington are less enthused. That's next on Daily Drive. Long-time
4: listener of AM Radio? We at Automotive News want to hear from you. We're currently taking audio submissions for an upcoming LinkedIn Live, where you, the listener, can tell us why you love AM Radio in your car, how long you've been tuning in, and if you're for or against it being completely wiped out from new vehicles in the future. Legislators have recently introduced a bill that would require AM Radio to remain in vehicles to ensure access to emergency alerts. But automakers are dumping the radio as they face pressure to eliminate costs, reduce complexity, and increase EV efficiency. Please record a voice note and send all audio submissions to ansocial at crane.com. Please be sure to include your first and last name and what location you're calling from. Again, send those to ansocial at crane.com.
0: Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were.
4: You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process steel jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolve as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to
2: operate differently.
0: Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit com slash operate differently to get started. That's com slash operate dash differently.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Much of the conversation around the Inflation Reduction Act centers on incentivizing consumers to buy or lease electric vehicles, but a more obscure provision has the potential to put billions of dollars back in the pockets of companies that build EVs and the batteries that power them. With fewer strings attached than the law's consumer incentives, the Advanced Manufacturing Production Tax Credit, Section 45X, is already sparking major investments in the U.S. by EV stakeholders racing to secure their spot in a domestic supply chain. It is also the target of political scrutiny. Audrey LaForest covers government and lobbying for Automotive News in Washington, D.C. She spoke with our own Jake Neer.
4: Audrey LaForest, welcome back to Daily Drive.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
4: So first of all, What is Section 45X? I think we've talked a lot about other parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, but what is this section?
3: Yeah, so 45X is this really interesting provision in the Inflation Reduction Act that, in some ways, has maybe been a little bit more overlooked. You know, a lot of the conversation has been around the 30D tax credit, the consumer incentives, which as we know, has uh, quite a few restrictions, eligibility restrictions and whatnot. But 45X is different in that way. So this credit is known as the Advanced Manufacturing Production Tax Credit, and it applies basically to the domestic manufacturing of certain components. For you know, our conversation, what we really are concerned about in the auto industry is Battery components, critical minerals, and whatnot, all the stuff that goes into an electric vehicle. So, for example, for battery components, the credit covers 10% of production costs for electrode active materials. It provides $35 per kilowatt hour of capacity for each battery cell, and then $10 per kilowatt hour of capacity in each battery module. So, it's a pretty big deal if you're the company producing these parts.
4: Quantify that a little bit. What does it mean for these battery manufacturers for their bottom line? How much money are they saving?
3: Yeah, so, you know, that still sort of remains to be seen. You know, we are still waiting for guidance from Treasury. Companies are still waiting for this guidance in terms of how this credit will actually be implemented, you know, if there's any sort of surprises that might come from the department. So still sort of to be determined. But that doesn't mean that companies aren't taking this credit into consideration already. You know, as one source told me, like she put it this way, it's a game changer if you're a battery manufacturer in the U.S. right now. You know, and then to quantify it, you know, so just one 75 kilowatt hour battery pack could mean a tax credit of $2,625 $2,625 for the battery cell manufacturer, and then $750 for the module maker. And that's just for one single battery pack and module. So, you know, depending on how much a company produces or what they produce, that number could total into the millions, if not billions, by some estimates I've seen out there. So it's, Potentially a big deal.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, for as another example, we actually just recently spoke with next Energy's CEO Mujib Ijaz on the podcast, uh, who said that the Inflation Reduction Act, generally speaking, did an important job in quote leveling the play leveling the playing field in the space. You spoke with one chief strategy officer, Dina Ahmed, for your reporting. What does this specific section mean for that company, as an example?
3: Yeah, so our next energy, you know, they're an EV battery startup in Michigan. You know, for them, this is, as she put it, it's a massive opportunity. You know, they're planning, at least right now, to access the $35 credit for cell production, $10 credit for module production, and the 10% credit for costs incurred uh, for building those electrode active materials. So basically for the battery component section of this credit, all three. You know, and they're really looking at this as a way to scale their manufacturing over the next 10 years and really grow and you know potentially compete with some of these bigger names that, that are established here in the US as well, such as LG Energy Solution, so for them, it it absolutely is a game changer, I think, you know, not to say that again, but yeah.
4: So those are the folks who are very happy about this, clearly. But there is also the flip side. Uh, as you write in the story, this is also attracting some serious scrutiny in Washington. What is the criticism and where is it coming from?
3: Yeah. So a lot of the criticism we're seeing toward this credit, primarily coming from Republican lawmakers who say that, you know, despite the opportunities that this credit presents in terms of building battery plants here in the U.S. and, you know, we're seeing so many of those investments roll out, you know, especially since the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law last August. So despite these battery plants being built or these investments being made here in the U.S., they're still concerned about reliance on China. So maybe that's something that I I didn't get into earlier. You know, with the 45X credit, it doesn't have those same foreign entity of concern exclusions that we're seeing with the 30D tax credit on the consumer side of things, the tax credit for new electric vehicle purchases. So, you know, they're concerned that China is still going to be involved, you know, that Chinese companies might be able to access this credit because there aren't those those restrictions. And yeah, you know, they're concerned just overall of US reliance on China, you know, still for the critical minerals, the processing and refining of the materials, etc.
4: Would you say that there's a, a real serious effort that could go somewhere uh, with that legislative effort with this criticism, do you anticipate uh, or do you have a good sense of whether there will be a really serious effort to change the language or get more clarification or add more restrictions or anything like that?
3: when Congress, you know Republicans in the White House, especially were negotiating the the debt limit bill, there was certainly concerns. I think that was actually the House that was brought up, you know, a repeal of some of these tax credits. So, you know, that was certainly a possibility per se, maybe so, maybe more so sort of some political posturing um, in that regard. But I think I think there is still some concern in the industry, like some uncertainty about, okay, how does this play out, especially with an upcoming presidential election next year? those concerns are there because the industry does need that certainty in terms of these ma- like massive investments that they're making but you know i think also the industry is electrifying you know they make a lot of these decisions years in advance as well so it's like that path is still it's it's I don't want to say set in stone, but that's the direction that they're going. So whatever happens here in Washington, as people have told me previously, maybe it slows the pace a little bit or, you know, stirs the pot in terms of all of this uncertainty. But, you know, their direction is still pretty clear.
4: So, Audrey, what happens now? What, what's the next step uh, for this entire process?
3: Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're still awaiting more guidance from Treasury on how the 45X credit is actually going to work, how it's actually going to be implemented, sort of the final text, so to speak. So I think there's still in a public comment period going on. So Treasury will basically just be reviewing those comments and then will hopefully later this year, sooner rather than later, issue some more guidance on on this provision.
4: Audrey LaForest, thanks for joining us again on Daily Drive.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
1: That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks
2: to automotive news journalists, Lindsey Van Hulley and Hans Grimmel for their reporting for today's podcast. And a special shout out to Kurt Nagel from our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business, for his reporting. You can get the latest news on battery manufacturing, innovation in tech,
1: and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with the Vice President of Research for AutoLeave, the world's biggest maker of airbags and seatbelts. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.